Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And today, I think, is a really big day for our economy, the labor movement, the social justice movement, indigenous peoples, and people all over the United States of America. Because today is the day that we truly embark on a comprehensive agenda of economic, social, and racial justice in the United States of America. That's what this agenda is all about. Yesterday, we started reading from the 10 most insane requirements of the Green New Deal from the Federalist, and we're finding it both troubling, interesting, and highly amusing as we went through it. Does does she believe this stuff? The piece Jack mentioned was uh, written by one David Harsani, senior editor at the Federalist, who is also the author of a new book, First Freedom, a ride through America's enduring history with the gun, a thought-provoking right. Hello, David. How are you, sir? I'm old. Thanks for having me. Hey, good writing. Really enjoyed that. It was informative and funny. Yeah, well, uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, let's touch on a couple of uh, the the points in the Green New Deal that you found the uh, uh, the most questionable. <laughs> well, this stuff. 
stuff actually writes itself, so I can't take too much credit. But, well, I, you know, in, on a serious note, it's a little bothersome that people in this country, people who are elected in elected office in D.C., think that you can actually get rid of around 99% of our energy production and generation. That seems problematic to me uh, more than anything else. Um, and then to think that, I mean, <laughs> one thing in this sort of uh, the talking points for this is that every building in America, every apartment building, every house, every factory will have to be retrofitted for whatever energy she has in store. Can you just imagine the cost of that? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I can't remember. I was watching a bunch of news as always last night, and somebody uh, did a, a showed a, a shot of the skyline of Chicago, where I happen to grow up. And uh, I looked at all those gigantic skyscrapers, and it dawned on me, wait a minute. To retrofit one of those buildings would would need, like, a national effort. Well, right, and reading from your piece, they want to, quote, retrofit every building in America to have the entire working heating and cooling systems ripped out and replaced with, well, whatever technology Democrats are going to invent in their committee hearings, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, we can't do it with wind and solar. Solar, I think, is about 1.3% of our, uh, you know, electricity generation, and it's... Though we spend like 20% of our money on it, it's just not feasible in any way, and no no normal person or serious person could believe it is. And then she wants to get rid of, not just she, others, presidential candidates who've endorsed this want to get rid of nuclear energy, which is like the most, you know, effective uh, sort of, you know, quote-unquote clean energy we have. Well, so she, AOC, she's very wily. She's, uh, She's smarter than even the people who thought she was smart, I think. Uh, is she is Paul she Grubman is she says she is one of the smartest Congress people we have. Um, so that fills me with fear. But go on, Jack. Well, sorry. So if you just want to look at the verbiage and the things she's proposed, they make no sense whatsoever. But I think I think she knows that. So what is she up to? What's the political game here? Well, I think the the, the problem here was, and now she took it off her website already, is that she was honest about the end game about what you know the left wants to do. Is t- typically you know. Take away all the environmental stuff. I mean, this is a Trojan horse that's just filled with all sorts of, you know, hobby horses that progressives like. For instance, there's one area where she says that we will give, I think it's a living wage to everyone who can't work or is unwilling to work. And I'm not making that up. It says unwilling to work. So if you're unwilling to work, we can still give you a living wage and a house and so on. Um, I think that's problematic. Also, it would cost about $25 bazillion, so I'm not sure how we're supposed to do it. And bazillion's a lot. What what did she take off the website? She took off this, like, fact sheet that she put up after a blowback, because even Nancy Pelosi mocked it. And uh, the problem, though, is, I think, that about a half dozen or more top-dem presidential can- you know, prospective candidates endorsed it already, so they should have to live with what what she's forward. Well, I I almost see it it, it is is different things. The the pegging the green energy revolution at a, an incredibly unrealistic place is is one argument for for moving the country that direction. But the idea of everybody gets doesn't have to work. What the, what is that? Where does that even come from? I don't even know what that is. I don't know. I, I honestly, you know, it's it reminds me of of, of you know, being in college and meeting some really idealistic, hot, you know, <laughs> or lefty, and uh, <laughs> and that they're and they're you know and they're and they're attractive and and all that, and you go along with it and sort of you know because that is a good reason, idea. Yeah, it might be a good idea. You don't know. Why come to my no. place and watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but then you know, in your mind, you're like, this is just 
Yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah, Jack. I, Jack and I have a bit of a disagreement on this. Uh, he is anxious to move to the uh, ad- admittedly solid analysis of what this is politically speaking, long term, because it's an absurdity. It's a dozen kinds of absurdity. And Jack, my partner, wants to move to that analysis. I would like to roll around the absurdity for a while because it's so good. Every person in America with a and I'm quoting family sustaining wage, family and medical leave, paid vacations and a pension, even if they don't want to work. They're fit. They have an IQ of 140. They have seven squalling brats, but they just don't feel like working. And I don't know what the wage is for, because this proposal gives you a house and enough food also. So if you well, got a house and enough food, they- what are you supposed to do with the wage you're being given? Not all food, because she wants to get rid of cows and and beef, I guess. So, And she wants to eliminate um, – you guys are in California. I'm sure that the high-speed trains are really working out well for you out there. And she wants to eliminate planes so that we can all take trains all over the place. And as you said in your piece, sorry, Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> well, You know, I'm not crazy about Hawaii lately, so if we have to sort of sever that there relationship, you go. I don't think it would be crazy. It is. Uh, it's 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 turning into Massachusetts with prettier beaches, politically speaking. But uh, David Harsani is online, senior editor at The Federalist, who has written a hilarious piece uh, on the Green New Deal, which we will have a link to so you can find it easily. Oh, we left out education for life for everyone. What 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 are you getting your education for if you're provided a house and food and money? Why am I learning anything? I guess and just in case I'm interested in learning about how to play the flute or something, I guess. Self-fulfillment. Yeah, self-fulfillment. Oh, exactly. There you go. Exactly. Gender studies courses. Um, I, do, I do wonder, can you go forever? Can you get more than one degree? Can you go get a PhD? I just wonder what would be free and what would not be free. So, I, I again, the absurdity of this is so delicious, um, David, but it is also a clarion call for communism. And listen, I'm a guy who has, for the purposes of humor, called various things communist through the years. But I'm serious. What she is describing is a Soviet utopia. And and once we get past the farting cows, uh, communism is responsible for the deaths of hundreds of millions of people in the 20th century alone. And that ain't cool. My parents defected from communist Hungary to get away from this sort of stuff. So I also typically or like to call people communists for no real good reason. <laughs> we, we could bond, David, but go on. But the, the problem is they're actually here now, so it's not that funny anymore. And now, you know, I feel like I have to reiterate that when I say it, I actually mean it. Because there's no way to engage in this sort of massive societal change. Essentially, she just wants to destroy contemporary society and not do it through coercion and do it through sort of collectivist and communist ways. I don't think it's going to happen. I I really hope it's not going to happen. But that's what this is. And I don't understand why we shouldn't treat it that way. Well, what's the latest poll? 56, 57 percent of Democrats are open to the idea of socialism. So, you know, that's a pretty big move in the needle in, in in a short period of time. Because they talk about Norway and Denmark and not the, you know, thousand other examples where it's completely failed and people have, you know, ended up in, in mass graves. Well, and actually, you know, the more you actually uh, you read about the Scandinavian countries and their various experiments and the things they've done and then backtracked from. I mean, it's worth taking a look at if you're interested in governance, but they are not socialist utopias. No, and they are not even really socialist. They have capitalistic societies that, that and large welfare systems that they hold up, but they're smaller countries with different sorts of populations and different sorts of problems. So it is kind of a ridiculous example. America, I don't think any of that would work here, really, but, I mean... 
Well, to call uh, them socialists, they are not. And and one of the aspects of the Scandinavian countries' little experiment that nobody is comfortable talking about is that as they've been hit with uh, higher levels of immigration um, than they've seen before, people from different cultures, different belief systems, that sort of thing, um, they're they're uh, to whatever extent they're socialist. Those systems are breaking down because they were like uh, large, but they were like uh, tribal societies in which there was so there was so much shared moral sense, and we're in this together sense that people did what they were supposed to do, which you can get in a small homogenous freezing cold society <laughs> in a way that you can't in in other places. Just ah, exactly right. I think. I mean, we can have immigration here and we can have diversity, but then we need a meritocracy. We can't just have people coming in and then guaranteeing them everything in life, because frankly, everyone's going to want to come here then even more more than they do already. So you got one party where over half the people are okay with socialism. That's that's a, you know that's a significant political movement or problem or all the stuff we were just discussing. But on the other side of it, I get the sense that she and some friends were sitting in a room, stoned, l- laughing their 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 heads off. Drinking apple teenies, saying, "What? Let's just go as far as we can. This is going to make the people on Fox News and talk radio their heads are going to explode because it's some sort of there, there's a game going on here politically, and I don't quite understand what it is. And Nancy, I'm not sure Nancy Pelosi understands where she's going either, but she has to reckon with it on some level because AOC is so popular. I mean, you can just see people hitting the bong, writing the next sentence. It's that badly written, but. Uh, I think you're being too generous. I, I actually believe that she believes this. I think a lot of young people, especially in urban areas, believe this kind of stuff. And I'm not sure what the older people are, believe it or not. I'm, I think Bernie does. Uh, I think they're sort of scared of her, actually. I think that they realize that this is popular with with many sort of hardcore Dems, and uh, they want to, you know, appease them as they move forward. So. <laughs> I don't know. It scares me a bit. You know, I, I think it can happen, obviously, and it's going to be very difficult. But it is a bit scary to see people. I think it's because the Cold War has been over for so long. There's a new generation, all of that stuff. But it is scary to see people sort of embrace something that's really anti-American, frankly. David Harsani is the senior editor for The Federalist. You know, David, I'm, i I got to side with you. I, Jack, I think you're I don't I've run into enough people who really believe this stuff. Surely the eliminating airplanes part was a little. That they had to know what they were saying there. I, I agree there are aspects of it that are so Looney Tunes, but I believe she believes a lot of this stuff. I think she's more serious than you would guess. That's my See, I think if you think guess. about it as a faith, right, as a religion, that's what it is. So I, I, you know, you go to church and, you know, you sort of believe some of the stuff, but then you go and act the way you want to act, <laughs> you know, when it's not Sunday or whatever it is, but you believe it as sort of a religion. And I think that that's socialism to people it's their faith that's where all their morality comes from that sort of i think there's a vacuum the bill vacuum in their souls or anything but you know they're looking for something and they're finding socialism you can't read this enough the bill promises the government will provide every single american with a job that includes a family sustaining wage family and medical leave vacations and pension that's incredible education for life for everyone the government will provide healthy food to every american the government will provide a safe, affordable, adequate housing for every American, and the government will provide economic security for those who are unable or even those who are unable or unwilling to work. Right, regardless, entirely regardless of, of your effort. To throw in, life. in unwilling, I almost feel that that's where I come with the, it's too much. It's jabbing me. It's an attempt it's an attempt to get a reaction on me. There's no way you threw in people who are unwilling to work get free stuff. 
Who are we to force people to work? <laughs> well, listen, and, and David, uh, if you have just another minute, um, and this is especially important, I think, given your family history, your parents, for folks just tuning in, uh, defected from Hungary to escape the, the scourge of communism, people will only work for one of two reasons, um, to make their own lives better or to escape punishment. And this enormous economy, this fantastic, amazing economy that's financed so many great lives and lifestyles and financed so many wonderful charities and so much goodwill around the world, etc. If you remove self-improvement as an incentive from this incredible economic engine, you have two things happen. Number one, the engine absolutely is choked. And number two, you have to have, and, and here's where we get to your family history, an all-encompassing, all-seeing uh, regime of punishments for those who don't toe the line. Yeah, you you either have to cope with... Anyone can do all of this stuff now. You don't have to fly. You don't have to have a car. You can use solar panels, whatever it is, and people don't because you have to coerce them to do it because it's not affordable. It doesn't make sense for them in their lifestyle. So in the end, that's the truth. My parents escaped from a place that had free education, uh, guaranteed job, housing, free you know health uh, care, all of that. And many people do. Millions, maybe millions did. And uh, people still from Cuba will go out into shark-infested waters on little tubes to get away from it. So um, people need more than that and want more than that. It's, you can't change human nature. David, Har- Har- I'm sorry, David Harsani, senior editor at The Federalist. David, I really enjoyed the chat very much. We'll have a link to your, your very funny and, and terrific piece. Uh, good to talk. Thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Text line is 415-295-KFTC. This uh, story will be around for a while. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. nation. Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Two quick deads I want to mention. One, Frank Robinson. This is our in memoriam section. Frank Robinson, MLB Hall of Famer who played for a, a, a lot of teams in uh, cities we're currently broadcasting in. Yeah. Um, nobody, I've, I thought this during the steroid area, nobody got screwed in the whole home run list more than Frank Robinson, I don't think. Mm. And he, he was like third or something? Right. All time. Yeah, all time. And Hank, slid, babe. And slid Frank. way down the list behind a bunch of people that couldn't carry his jock strap. Right. Who pumped themselves full of PEDs. So yeah. yeah. Frank, also one of the uh, you know brave earlier black players in the, the league who endured a lot of crap no human being ever should. Tip of the cap for his uh, dignity. And another death, political death. This guy uh, from Michigan, Dingle was the longest-serving uh, member of our federal government at almost 60 years. And everybody in the media, because they flippin' love royalty and government, I guess, just think it's fantastic that he was a congressperson for 59 years. Who thinks that's a good thing? Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. How'd he get a seat when his dad died? And who has his seat now? His wife. Who thinks that's a good thing? 
No, if you think that's a good thing, you're crazy. Prince Charles thinks that's a bad it thing. It could be good that he was in, in that seat for 59 years, but it's pretty unlikely. And then the fact that his dad had it before and his wife has it now, that's that's not democracy. What's with the loving tributes to this royal family? I don't know. That's the media. Well, the media liked his policies. He was a lefty and a solid one. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Hang on a second. We've got a new report on VA hospitals that's just been released. Oh, boy. I want to get into that for you. And after all these years, we're hearing from Lorraine Bobbitt once again. Lorraine Bobbitt's got a show coming out? Oh, no. And she's doing the interview circuit? Ow, ow! I just felt another IQ point go away. (laughs) (laughs) Those stories coming up. Yeah, this VA hospital story, front page USA Today, and it is troubling, unfortunately. We'll, We'll transition from troubling to Lorraine Bobbitt, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. I just saw the cover of the New York Post. I will allow it. Go ahead. I will allow it. We had a brief discussion as to whether it should be aired. It is the cover of the New York Post. It relates to the troubling yet fascinating story of Jeff Bezos, the head of Amazon, the world's wealthiest man, and his allegations of blackmail at the hands of the National Enquirer and its parent company. And Mr. Bezos' efforts to... Show the world how evil that company can be. Having explained it, here's your headline. Bezos exposes Pecker. David Pecker would be the head of ADI, is it? Uh, AMI. AMI. AMI, Whatever. The the parent... (laughs) Unfortunate verbiage. I'm sure the editors at the New York Post hadn't realized the double meaning there. I'll bet their phones are ringing off the hook of people saying, Hey, you realize, when I read that, at first I thought... (laughs) Wait a minute, what? You were talking about genitalia. Stop the presses! You might want to rethink that headline. You're going to mislead people. (laughs) Let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, VA hospitals still getting mixed reviews. USA Today did a fresh analysis of 146 VA facilities and their performance. They're heading for the headline for their piece, Deaths, Weights, and Bed Sores. That's a heck of a headline, top of the fold USA Today. Yep. Deaths, Weights, Bed Sores, how yep. VA hospitals rate. And this is years, my friends, years. God, how many years is of it now? America's near 100% awareness yes. of the problems of the VA and our unanimity. Yep. In the idea that we owe our veterans better. When you hear me slash us ranting and raving about government bureaucracies and how abusive they are and unresponsive they are and expensive and permanent and, and that the idea to create more of them, perhaps to handle our medical care, is a nightmare. This is what we're talking about. We have practically unanimous national will to fix this, and we Yeah, I remember saying it at the time, so I looked it up, it's 2014, so it's been going on for five years. I remember saying at the time, this could be a great test for our system, because if we can't fix something we all agree on, what hope do you have on things that have like, you know, 55, 45% approval? Well, and it's not like mild agreement. You know, I like a ham sandwich a little better than a turkey sandwich. No, this is passionate, deep-down, moral agreement that we have to do better for our vets. And you couple that with the unanimity of the the sentiment, and we can do nothing in the face of the federal employee unions. You can't fire people. You can't reform. 
You can't clean it out top to bottom. You just can't. And it makes me angry. And I have to say this all the time as we drift closer and closer to government health care for all. Why do you think it's going to be better than the VA system? What leads you to believe that? That and, and occasionally we'll get some of our left-leading listeners. God bless you. Your your patience is you know near infinite. Um, saying, well, what would you guys do about you know people who aren't insured, people who can't get adequate medical care? So I'm not saying there are no solutions. We are you know we're guys who've studied history quite a bit, and we're, we bore the hell out of people at parties. We are. You're talking about going down a path. That has poisonous snakes, snakes and alligators at every step. And every time humanity has gone down these roads, they've ended up getting bit by snakes and eaten by yep. alligators. And all we're saying is we need to be better at finding solutions. Don't listen to the siren song of, oh, we'll put the government in charge of it. It's it's a nightmare. You yes. and, and listen, I tell you what, and until the day we lose every single one of our listeners, we will continue to hammer on this VA thing. Mm-hmm. And after we're off the air, by God, I'll write letters to my local editor. That's just This is outrageous. It's horrifying. USA Today reporting, among other things, roughly 70% of VA hospitals had a median wait time between arrival in the emergency room and admission longer than at other hospitals, in some cases by hours. For example... By hours. Some wait times were seven and a half hours. At the emergency room. Yes. This is for our veterans. Yes. And every attempt to, for instance, give the vets the option to go to a private doctor, if such a nightmare exists, are resisted on the left side of the aisle because the unions finance their campaigns. It's just... it's It's... Utterly immoral and indefensible. All right, shifting gears. Lorena Bobbitt, back in the spotlight. 26 years ah, after she... Dang it. Cut- so, so, like, are you even aware of this story, Sean? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, you are. I remember... This was probably the first big news story that I remember okay. from, but like, as being a kid yeah. and seeing my parents wow. talk about or watch it on... But it's yeah. d- dang near a 30-year-old story right. now. Okay, okay. 26 years after she cut off her husband's penis, telling the Today Show... That would be one of the first instances of that word being used in, yeah. in mass media. That's well, one of the Lorena, reasons... Bobbitt and Bill Clinton are the uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Penis of American media. I mean, having it uh, permissible to say on the air. She cut off her husband. Let's see if I remember it right, because I just barely. She cut off her husband's penis and threw it in the parking lot. Didn't she? Throw it in a field or Or something? Something like that. But he found it and got got it so bad. Yeah, he got reattached. Go ahead, Marshall. Uh, Anyway, she's researching this carefully, I'm sure, throughout the, the morning. She's on the Today Show saying she has. Of course she is. She has no regrets about what happened on that fateful night. Oh, my God. How could you regret something that was not planned? I mean, how could you? What? You yeah. have to understand, my I wasn't in my right mindset. Okay, that second part's fine. That first part, how could you regret anything that wasn't planned? I'm um, not sure that fits. I have a list. <laughs> Most of my regrets are yeah, that way. Yeah, yeah almost all of them. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think if I plan, I don't usually regret it. You have a couple of things going on here. Are you guys... Let me know. Give me a signal when you're done with the fun, because I'm going to suck all of it out of it. Okay. Go ahead. All right. Number one, you got a language thing. She's not a native English speaker. Right. Number two, she's not very bright. Uh, wow. Number three, it just goes to show the power to amuse held within the human penis. Because, because she claimed quite credibly... She was the victim of physical, emotional, and sexual abuse at the hands of her monster husband and decided to take her vengeance through a horrific act of mutilation. Ha! 
So, how can you regret something that wasn't planned? Yeah. Hmm. The interview, by the way, in advance of the new Amazon documentary, Lorena, which uh, retells the story in an attempt, they're saying, tries to address domestic violence and sexual assault. Now, Bobbitt's always maintained her husband, John Wayne Bobbitt, raped and abused her. His penis was reattached after a 10-hour surgery, and John Wayne went on to have a career in porn. Did he have a career? Uh, He worked for a time. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. (laughs) Did he get a watch when he retired? (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, anyway, John appears in the... vested in the retirement plan. (laughs) John appears in the documentary. I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that he's reached out to you repeatedly. Repeatedly, in many occasions, yes. Um, I don't know why. I'm guessing control. What types of correspondence have you gotten from him? <laughs> uh, Valentine's cards and notes, love notes. Wow. Um, I don't know why somebody decided to dig this back up. It's a TV special, and she's on the Today Show. Yep. But this is was so it the anniversary? It's the era of the reboot. We, you know, we, we thank got, you. We got Full House coming yep. back. <laughs> yeah. Anything that was big in the nineties. Booty and the Blowfish. You're next. Well, it was Twenty six years ago, which is not exactly a normal time to bring something back. But um, the only reason I think it's kind of interesting is it was the first one of these kind of things that was was a giant national story, right. and we talked about and covered it in a tabloidy sort of way. In and it made it into the news. Um, and, and, and launched the hell that is now. Uh, <laughs> all these kind of things the take over that... the news. Yeah, uh, wow, wow. So, yeah, like uh, like OJ. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry, it's the best word I can think of. It's a seminal moment. Wow, in, yeah. wow that's it just, just it, so it, It's the appropriate word in the development of the, the mixing, the, the crossing over of legitimate journalism with sensationalist tabloid journalism. Yeah, yeah. And it was one of those landmark moments. It's like he's not really the juice anymore. <laughs> and those, and, the, and the flipping over from yeah. no serious news would ever cover this to, yeah, we'll cover it because it gets lots of ratings. Right. right. And then pretty soon, yeah. and most of your news is like this oh, sort of oh, thing. Oh, Tanya Harding. Tanya Harding. Yeah, that's that's another good one. Yeah. Dang, Dang, the, you know, 90s, the 90s ruined America. Well, it, yeah, uh, you could <laughs> grunge. <laughs> right. I'll never forgive you any better. Okay. Um, the, the 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 Olympic thing though was was it was big international news. That was legitimate. An individual mutilation of a human being. There really wasn't much argument for that at all. Back to you, Marshall. There you go. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Yeah. Hmm. I suppose you know we'd have gone down that road. The culture was asking for it, I guess. Whether that story happened or not, we'd have found a different story, I suppose, right? Uh, that yeah. didn't cause us to change in, our, in, in what our media was. Among things we're going to squeeze in, Apple is mad at app developers and are going to kick them right in the hiney. Plus a couple of lefty publications out with opinion pieces that will gladden your heart, perhaps. And I need to clarify my position on Adam Levine's guitar. Okay. Yeah. There wow. you go. I didn't know that was a thing. Oh, my gosh. It's just, oh, the, the online hatred. Oh, Stay boy. tuned to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Stay. 
chief notices, have you noticed that everyone right now in public life is apologizing? Pretty much 20, pretty much 24-7, right? Everyone's apologizing. The governor of Virginia apologizing, the attorney general of Virginia apologizing, actors apologizing. Everyone's coming out and apologizing. And I thought I should start tonight's show by just coming clean. They've dug up some embarrassing footage of me. Yeah, it's uh, every episode of my show over the last 25 years. So, um, uh, particularly on Democrats running for president, the New York Times, Joe mentioned this last week, but New York Times with another article on how many Democrats are doing the whole, like, apologizing, getting things out of the way early, I guess. Mm-hmm. Because times have, part of it is because times have changed so fast that beliefs that were perfectly acceptable a couple of years ago no longer are. So that's part of it. Um, 2020 Democrats agree they're very, very sorry, reports the New York Times. Polit- Funny piece, yeah. Po- Politico calls this the I'm sorry 2020 Democratic primary, <laughs> and CNN had regrets. 2020 Democrats have a few in their piece. I tell you what, and here's the problem, because this is not going to end. When you have what is kosher and what is not, or what's politically correct and what is not, change so rapidly, and and because it's all about virtue signaling, you've got to show you're pure and righteous by condemning people who get it wrong. You know, if that continues... The condemners of today will be the condemned in 10 years because sure, they, are, they are loudly expressing 2019's political correctness online and everywhere else. It's out there. So when 2029's version of political correctness comes along and anybody who subscribes to 2019's is plainly just an evil person, they'll be doomed, and you don't which know. is why I'm enjoying this so much. And you don't know what it's going to be. It could be that in the future... Saying out loud that uh, some of these green programs are ridiculous would be like saying gay marriage is ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. How can two men be married? Right. Yeah. 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 And you'll be looked at it the same way and you'll have to apologize. Good luck with that. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So um, a couple of articles uh, I found uh, fairly courageous lately, uh, both of them in the failing New York Times, which is not failing. Especially since it decided to go full bore anti Trump mostly, but two opinion pieces. The the first one I'm going to mention by David Leonhart, who is of uh, a lefter persuasion and does just a brilliant bit of of rhetorical judo here to people who tend to agree with him. He's talking about a new study that came out this week looking at children's life outcomes from virtually every neighborhood across the country. They looked at tax and census records. They followed uh, people born in the early 80s all the way into their 30s, trying to figure out what distinguished low-income neighborhoods where large numbers of people, children, escaped poverty from neighborhoods where people remained mired in poverty. What were the differences between those poor neighborhoods? Which I think is a really smart way to, to look at this. And then he listed the main factors they found. And, and, and he urged his readers, why don't you guess? You guess in your mind the main factors. Then he said, all right, perhaps not surprisingly, single biggest protector, income itself. The poorer the neighborhoods are, the less likely people were to escape poverty. And then he gets into... So that gets the whole social mobilization thing? Well, yeah. If you're super poor, it's harder to become unpoor than if you're pretty damn poor. And he said, in roughly descending order, then you get to the neighborhood's share of residents with college degrees, the un, the unemployment rate, the share of black residents, the share of Hispanic residents, third grade math test scores, population density, blah, blah, blah. And then he says, okay, I left one off the list. 
In fact, it's the second biggest factor, and that's the share of single-parent households. Mm. And he said, all right, people who agree with me, there it is. Let's talk about this, which I think is pretty brave. And he throws in a couple devil's devil's you know argument arguments, um, devil's advocate arguments about well you know having half as many parents you have less income et cetera et cetera, but he concedes. Look, we have to be honest about intact and not intact families, and how they contribute to poverty and single parenthood and boys not having role models and the rest of it. How does that contribute? We need to be honest. And I would say uh, thank you, David, for writing it. And you know what? A tip of the cap to the New York Times for actually printing it. And driving home that particular point, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Read the uh, Moynihan study from the 60s about the causes of poverty. It was liberal at the time. It would be seen by AOC, for instance, as fascist now. Um, But it talked about that. It talked about the, the, the crumbling in the family is the crumbling of children's futures. Anyway. Pretty heady stuff from a guy who made a seminal pun earlier in the hour. I uh, I work on all sorts of levels, Jack. Mm. You'd really have to hold on tight to follow my act. <laughs> and then the other one. Buckle up! <laughs> the other one, and I'm not sure we're going to have time to do this justice. It's by Lisa Demore. She's a clinical psychologist. Here's your headline. Why girls beat boys at school and lose to them at the office. I read that, yeah. And it ain't about patriarchy and keeping women down. And... Again, we don't have time. We're going to reconsider this a little bit later on in the show at some point. But uh, just so you know, I, Joe Getty, uh, raised two girls and one boy to adulthood. And one of my kids is a super academic achiever. Um, you know, she's got an incredibly bright future in the brainiac world and the rest of it. Um, and, and I care about this stuff a lot on a human level, not on a political level, level or trying to ax, uh, grind a particular axe. Um, but what she gets into are the tendencies of boys and girls and how they approach academics and how achieving girls are, to a very large extent, incredibly thorough, going over it and over it and over it to avoid any imperfections thorough, studying all night, making it exquisite thorough. And that becomes a life habit. Whereas a lot of boys, because there are differences between boys and girls. Mm, that won't hold up in and, 2029. Yeah, that well, comment. I Good luck. What, Good luck you, cleaning up that comment. I, I tell you what, and folks, this is going to be some frank talk. 2029, get a time machine, come back here, and kiss my ass. Because you're wrong. That's not a good use of a time machine. No. <laughs> Going back one decade to kiss somebody's ass? Listen, there are real differences between boys and girls. And what they found is that the boys who are achieving academically, in large measure, would figure out how much they needed to do to be successful and not do any more and move on to other things. And it tended to make them more confident and bold and sure of their abilities. Yeah, it fits in with that uh, thing we were talking about, a similar article about the people who get all A's versus people that don't strive for that. Employers have figured out that the A's types... Right. Or a certain crowd. Briefly, the crowd. positive show. In my academic career, as short as it was, if a syllabus told me homework was worth 10% of the grade, that means I didn't have to do homework. <laughs> I'll, I'll do fine. Yeah. And you have to keep in mind, and there's been some brilliant stuff written on this, um, 
and you know, seek it out at your local library. Uh, <laughs> but we are many tens of thousands of years into human beings, and the modern society and the modern workplace is the less than the blink of an eye in our evolution as a species. And so, yeah, there are serious, significant, wonderful differences between males and females. That's pretty interesting stuff right there. We'll get uh, back to that at some point. So much. There's too much today. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. Gainbridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at Gainbridge.io. Visit Gainbridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.